another population that's been impacted is the students in general. And um, we still have uh, different lay of the land for uh, in-person instruction or a hybrid model or uh, full remote. And 850 different school districts across the state, uh, Kyle, uh, Kevin, rather, uh, yeah. have, have really, you know, they've taken different approaches altogether. Uh, be it, uh, you know, it seems that the most recent data that the State Board of Elections put out, the full remote uh, seems to be um, heavily in the urban settings like the Chicago area, the Cook County Collar area, the Metro East area. If you look at the heat map of sorts that uh, ISBE has, th- those are where the, the remote options are being offered uh, and it seems that more rural areas are offering up either a hybrid model or um, some kind of uh, in-person instruction uh, but here in Springfield we still have full remote for district 186 and we'll find out from school board vice uh, rather school board president Scott McFarland on uh, what's the latest there and uh, of course we see increased rates here in uh, the the region which a lot of people are worried about and could lead to businesses being shut down but that does not impact schools the governor said that time and again that his mitigation efforts don't impact schools and it's up to local school boards. So, Scott, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, what can you tell us? What's the latest in uh, when we can expect to either see some kind of hybrid model or in-person instruction? Good morning. Yeah, so uh, we continue to follow the metrics that uh, the school board set out several weeks ago. Uh, and uh, the newest numbers came out yesterday from uh, Department of Public Health, and we're still, uh, we're not there yet. Uh, we have, There are four metrics that we look at, positivity, cases per 100,000, new cases, and youth cases, and two of those four metrics are still out of whack from where we can go uh, to be uh, full hybrid. That being said, uh, we did give our superintendent the ability to start bringing in smaller cohorts, so we don't think it's safe yet to bring in the you know the six thousand plus students and teachers who uh, are signed up for hybrid, but we are bringing in smaller groups. Uh, right now, we have some uh, some students in who, uh, because of their IEPs, individual education plans, uh, need that in-person support more than most. So we've got some of those going in, uh, and we are looking at some other cohorts too, including our early learners uh, and a few others too. But uh, so we will gradually start having kids in the classroom, but we we can't go to that full hybrid model, which would be about half of our student population, a little bit over half, until those numbers get back in the line. I think one of the things that um, I've heard kind of universally from people who are critical of uh, the mitigation efforts is uh, the use of the COVID-19 positivity rate uh, and possibly even just looking at only cases. Um, are you guys taking into consideration uh, the the number of deaths? Because apparently, according to analysis from a UIS professor, there doesn't seem to be a correlation of in-person instruction and increased COVID-19 deaths. Is that something that you guys are taking into consideration uh, and weighing the, the, the COVID-19 risks versus the benefits of having in-person instruction? Well, we continue to look at all of that, and the, the the death rate, the hospitalization rate is brought up in most of our board meetings by, by board members. But really what we're looking at right now uh, in terms of the resolution we passed is based on the, the four metrics that DPH put out to schools, saying this is the metrics that you uh, should be looking at in terms of uh, if there is a, a, we have a, a minimal, moderate, or substantial uh, concern in terms of uh, uh, community spread. And 
uh, again, it, it's it's not just making sure that there's no spread within our schools. We can do that. We've got plenty of PPE. We have uh, so we we are prepared to socially distance. We have plexiglass up and all the all that. The problem is if it continues to bounce around the community, uh, there's no way we can stop it from getting into our schools, which means it'll just continue to spread within our schools. And Scott, we're both Scott it's already here. I mean, it's already here. It's already That's in the community, saying. right? That's what I'm saying. The whole point is it's getting worse. If yeah. the community can mitigate the spread to where it was down to a level that was minimal spread, then it would be a lot easier to open up these schools. But what's going to happen is if we open up right now, you're just going to be having kids being quarantined, teachers being quarantined, and classrooms or even full school shutting down, which is what we've seen around the community, too. So it's a matter of making sure that we don't be bringing stuff into the classes. Uh, and that right now, with the, the spread being the way it is, and we're continuing to see increases for the past several weeks, that's hard to do. Scott McFarland, he is the Springfield District 186 School Board President, uh, talking about uh, when to expect the possibility of having more in-person instruction, and you're uh, saying that the uh, superintendent's going to be bringing in some cohorts of sorts, smaller uh, group settings to see how that works out. Uh, what about basketball? Of course, that's uh, been dominating the news. Uh, you've got uh, even uh, Lanfear uh, coach Blake Turner uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys do with the school board. Uh, what's, what's your reaction there, and what could we expect from the school board? Well, I, I'm disappointed that IHSA punted, um, basically saying, yeah, we're going to do it, but it's up to this, uh, the school boards. But I guess the school boards are going to have to act like the adults in the room, so that's what we're going to do. Um, well, I, I and honestly, I mean, even the governor did that earlier on uh, over the summer, yeah. put, it, put it right on your guys' lap. Oh, it's, it's always gone to the, the school boards, but, you know, that's uh, uh, we're happy to step up and take That's what take you guys were elected for, so, yeah. Exactly. We've been doing it for a while. Uh, but I can't speak for the full board yet because we haven't met. Um, but I know uh, personally uh, I'm weighing a lot of things when it comes to uh, athletics. Obviously, I'd love to see the students be able to play. However, there's studies coming out uh, that show that if you do get infected with COVID, especially athletes, there is a lot of potential for lung scarring that could damage their uh, their their body for life. So um, we're going to take a look at that, but uh, I, I think, again, without uh, proper mitigation of this thing and the spread being uh, lower, and again, it's not going to go away for quite a while, I get that, but we right now we're seeing rises in cases, rises in uh, spread, and that's not the way to be going if you're going to be opening up more stuff. Scott McFarland, um, the school board uh, president. Why do I keep saying vice president? That's not right. You're the president. You used to be the vice president. You just president. tried to demote me. It's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, what, what kinds of things are you guys going to be looking for, though, uh, in making those decisions? As the uh, the president, are you going to be calling in some medical experts or uh, maybe having somebody from IHSA testify or something? What, what would that look like for the next uh, school board meeting or when you guys do take this up? We don't tend to call people into the public board meeting now. Everyone's welcome to speak at the public board meeting, but we do absolutely speak with uh, with medical professionals. We've been working a lot with Sagamon County. Uh, there have been conversations with IHSA, especially between uh, them and our, our student services coordinator on the cabinet, uh, and we continue to work with uh, those folks to figure out what's going on. And, of course, we're also talking to Illinois State Board of Education as well, too, and uh, they sent out a very clear letter 
basically following the governor's uh, statement from yesterday, too, saying, you know, if you open up for these sports, you're going to be liable for it, too. So we got to keep that in mind as well. And what would that liability look like? Would it be... Um... Good question. <laughs> well, yeah, would I, it be financial? Know. Or are you talking about, uh, like, you know, a parent suing? Or, I mean, which would be financial, but... Uh... Yeah. I, I, that's, uh, that's a very good question that I don't have an answer to. Uh, but also, too, it's not just, you know, concerns about the financial uh, aspects of the uh, school, but or the district, but it's, it's concerns about the students' health as well, too, and anyone who's involved in that as well. Uh, the last thing we want to see happen is somebody gets sick and then, or somebody gets asymptomatic and spreads it to somebody else who can't handle the symptoms, and then we have other problems too. So we got to keep that spread down. Scott McFarlane, he is the president of District 186 School Board. Greatly appreciate you taking time with us this morning and delving into some unknowns uh, and some knowns and some known knowns and some known unknowns. So <laughs> yeah, It's been my life for the past seven months or eight months, whatever it's been. <laughs> Same here. I think everybody's <laughs> experiencing that, Scott. Uh, yep. Again, greatly appreciate it, uh, and we'll talk again soon, all right? Anytime, sir. Have a good one.